Welcome to Hookup Horror Stories. This podcast contains topics that may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 18. This includes things like domestic violence, sexual assault, and sexuality. They are intended to be educational in nature, but either way, a trigger warning is in place. Listener discretion is advised. The next day that I went for my pap, they had all these biopsy tools just laid out. Didn't tell me that was going to happen. And I'm like, what is all of this? And they're like, oh, surprise. well. Surprise. Surprise. Yeah. We're ripping apart your insides. <laughs> we're going to take four samples from your cervix. And I had to do that every six months for about three years. But the slide in that pussy is a homicide. Welcome to Hookup Horror Stories, the podcast where we spill the tea on sex and dating. I'm Demi Wilde, your resident sexual deviant. And today's extra special guest deviant, I have sex blogger for Sack in the Sheets, Lindsay Rosales. Welcome. Yay. Oh, thank you. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm excited too. I because we we've kind of been chit chatting via Instagram. And so mm-hmm. this is this is just very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've been I, I know you post a lot of memes too. So like I already follow a lot of like meme accounts so i'm i just really gravitate to people that are humorous and that kind of you know want to talk about sex in like not so serious way all the time absolutely yeah hashtag yeah. meme queen <laughs> I'm meme queen i love it well Lindsay, i i did want to ask you where are you from what do you do what is something that you and also what's something that you're into okay so i am from sacramento california what i've been doing i've been blogging as sack in the sheets since 2017 and in the meantime working on how do i become a sexpert sexologist sexual professional all things sexual (laughs) and that's kind of been my journey the last five years and things that i'm into besides sex and talking about sex definitely kind of getting into spirituality and trying to figure out what my next steps are as i approach my 40s (laughs) really you don't look anywhere near 40 I am 36, so I will take that. Um, yeah. but I, I'm just like I know that it's it's like oh you have you have years. I'm like yeah, but it's it's not on the other side of 25 anymore. It's it's on the, it's on the side of 40s. <laughs> well, mid 30s is still like your mid 30s. I'm gonna be 35 this year, so like I'm in the same boat. We're only a year apart. Perfect. When is your birthday, by the way? 87. I mean, like, what's your sign? Oh, I'm a Capricorn. What's yours? Oh, Virgo. Perfect. Earth signs. Earth sister. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about your blog, Sack in the Sheets. Well, first of all, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Sacramento because I did used to live there. Mm-hmm. I lived there when I was coming through a really bad breakup. I ended up moving out there for some friends that invited me and those friends ended up not being friends. But I ended up staying in SAC anyways because I actually really liked it. I was there for about almost two years, I'd say. Okay. But I really... There was some good and hard times there i will say 
But I really loved how it's always been kind of a bit of a healing place for me. Like, what is it about SAC that you like? Well, I'm 916 born and raised, (laughs) 916 being area code, obviously. And I went away to Washington for school for one semester and I was dreadfully homesick (laughs) because there's everybody can say what they want about like Los Angeles, San Francisco, as far as diversity. Sacramento in its own right is a very unique place, big melting pot, so many different walks of life. And kind of with everything that's going on, even in, you know, places like Tennessee and Florida, I'm so grateful to be in California. Yeah. And to be in Sacramento. It's because it's, it's as crazy as the world is getting, it still feels safe. It still feels home. Yeah, I I feel the exact same way. I'm in Los Angeles now. I actually was am born and raised Southern California. Okay. Well, like I'm born Central Valley. I've I lived everywhere in California. I love California, but it is kind of like a, this like liberal bubble that I do feel that like the rest of the country is kind of melting down in a lot of ways. But like we yeah. are very insulated here, which I do like. But at the same time, it's also a little bit perhaps problematic i feel like it can be because like you said as liberal as we are depending on where you go kind of territory wise you can get up into like crazy mega territory and mm-hmm. take these the the alt-right billboards just you know proud and flags waving and you're like whoa okay that's literally in my backyard but yeah. it's not nearly as vocal you know as it, as it would be in other places so, so I, I was just recently in outside of Fresno where my grandparents are. Okay. And they, I'm actually surprised I didn't see that much like MAGA stuff out there, but I know it exists and it's, it's in those places that are like less populated, more countrified, mm, more rural, yeah. more rural. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a weird California just has every kind of demographic you can possibly think of. And that's why I really like about it. Yeah. And I, I'm so happy to say it, I feel if I'm not mistaken, the demographic is slightly more leftist. So it's like, okay, we're, we're in a blue state. We're who, you know, for now. Yeah. For now, at least now, everyone vote, please vote. <laughs> yeah. But Sacramento is really cool because number one, you have all these different kind of melting pots of people. It is the California state capital, which I did. I have visited on several occasions, even before I lived there. Okay. But I, I just really like how serene it can be because it's very green. The green. rivers, I mean, the the King the the King River. What is that? There's there's the American River, and then there's oh, there's, there's so many, so many rivers. The Sacramento River and the, I think the American River, like the, the two big ones. I think it's the Sacramento River thing because I know the American River is one I used to live by. I live up by fuck, Arden. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I was up there. Nice. Okay. Very cool. But stacking the sheets. Sex. Where where did sack and sex kind of meet for you? Oh, well, there was a very striking moment when Sacramento took the lead for STI occurrences with gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis. Really? Yeah. And I was just like, wait, Sacramento, what are we doing? Come on, we're supposed to be the, the capital. We're supposed to be setting an example. What's going on here? And not to say that it made me angry, but the fact that the demographic was predominantly young adults under the age of 20 and they were having the most occurrences. And I'm like, obviously something is failing somewhere. Sex ed conversations. What's the problem? And I always think back to Elizabeth Taylor during the AIDS crisis in the eighties and how she was so upset that nobody was doing anything. And she said, bitch, you're somebody do something. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to channel Elizabeth and 
do something. And so I created the blog. And I think not to say that the blog is responsible, but San Francisco has since taken the number one spot. We can blame it on we can blame it on on the blog. That's fine. <laughs> I can take credit. I'll, I'll take any credit I can get. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do you know actually how many like readers you have? I think like depending on the year, I hit maybe close to two thousand for a year, and so it's it's still kind of small timey. I'm not like in the tens of thousands. But that's okay. But respectable um, for local. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's funny, because now that June is around the corner, that is always when I have the most readers. And it's probably because I do the most writing around Pride time. <laughs> right. Well, that's when we need it the most, because I think, you know, every year and year, there's more and more gays. And I think sex ed has kind of failed a lot of us in a lot of ways mm-hmm. that I feel like the more people that we have coming into our community, the more necessary it is to have these conversations about sex. Absolutely. And again, when, when you kind of get into like the, the research and the, the, the science journals and all of that, and you see the demographics that are exposed or at risk the most, sad to say the LGBTQ plus community is always in the highest. And it's just like something needs to happen. Like what, what can I do? Can I do anything? It's like, of course you can, you can always do something. Right. What's a topic that you haven't written about yet that you would like to write about? Oh my God. I have, I actually have a a whole checklist that I want to go through. So I'm going to dedicate a blog to the spots because I think a lot of people have heard of the G spot, but I have never heard of the A spot or the C spot, or I think, I think there's a P spot. There's a P spot. I just learned this the other day, actually. I went to a event. What are all of these? So that's, that's on the list for, for some point. And then for pride month, I'm going to be dedicating that entire month to drag queens that I love. So I'm just going to start, I've already got one, one scheduled and two are drafted. So we're, we're going to start writing. (laughs) Well, I already know Apple Adams, Mercury Rising Mm -hmm. and Helen Heels. Oh, perfect. And of course, tearing through you. I mean, you got to talk about tearing through you. She's a legend. Uh, Of course. Local legend, diva. (laughs) I did at one point used to perform in in Sacramento as well, and as well as Seattle when I lived there also, but I performed also as Venus Lapinas. <laughs> that is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Drag has always been like a very integral part of like my identity and my artistic expression. But really? since I've like left and like, I just realized that drag is so exhausting. <laughs> like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's exhausting. It's expensive. And what is it like? I think it's Trixie and Katya. They're like, oh, it's the longest con. <laughs> it's the longest con. You're just <laughs> pretending that you'll you're you have money and you don't <laughs> you're lucky if you make $30 in tips you know like I, it's the longest con I will say Sacramento one of the things that I did like about Sacramento is that you know I was performing out there I was performing at Badlands and at the depot right next door mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where like I didn't have a job at the time so drag kind of was my job so, you know, that $30 that I made at the bar was like literally the only money I would have for the, the week, you know, I, it did get me through, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I needed more than that. Yeah. And, the, and so that's one of the things now, especially with so much going on around drag, even up here, there's, you know, protests for, for the drag queen story hour, people are still showing up and turning out, but they, the, the opposition likes to try to get rowdy. And so it's sad to say that I feel like the crowds have definitely diminished because I remember the drag scene maybe like even 10 years ago, like how booming it was. And mm-hmm. now it's just like, is anyone coming? Yeah. I mean, I can't really speak to what my experience was because I went, I was performing there at a very heavy 
drag race time. So it was during the shows. It, I feel like I only got like one side of it where it was usually like a pretty packed house. But then I'd also do like the Monday shows that seemed like there was a lot of people there. But again, it was a very big place. So I mean, there could not be a lot of people there. I'm not, I don't remember. Gosh, yeah. And I was yeah. drunk for most of it too. So, <laughs> so I don't know. But as long as you had fun and you got paid, like win. You mentioned something about your spirituality mm-hmm. earlier. And I wanted to ask, you said you were wondering what the next steps with that was. Do you know, like, what what did that actually mean, per se? What next steps to spirituality? I feel like spirituality is, like, a huge concept that a lot of people... It's not a linear path by any means. No, no. But, like, what does the next step to spirituality mean to you? Ooh, so I take great pride in, A, being grounded in reality. And if you want right. to talk about enli- enlightenment and enlightenment, you can't just stay on the earthly plane. You have to ascend. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like everything from my throat chakra down, <laughs> I've got like no problem opening my, my mouth and speaking my mind, opening the heart, being loving and receptive to love. Solar plexus, we're working on confidence and, and courage. The sacral chakra, it's all about sex and passion and sensuality. So that one is, I think, my most polished <laughs> And money for some reason. I, I learned this the other day that that the sex, the, the root chakra is actually very connected to, actually you said sacral, but the, the root chakra is very connected to making money also. They're, they're very close together. Yeah. And I think sometimes depending on who you talk to, they can be interchangeable. But yeah, as far as like the third eye and the crown, it's not that I'm like afraid to go there, but I think my Capricorn earth logical reality-based mind likes to try to shut that down a lot. So it's how do I turn that part of my brain off and get into the more mini metaphysical side? Like, I don't want to do like full astral projection and not be able to get back in my own body. But, you know, what else is out there kind of a thing? I get that. I, I'm always, I've always been a seeker. I've always been like a questioner. But at the same time, I do really try to stay grounded. And because I feel like there's a lot of problems with the spirituality community. I mean, I watch a lot of cult documentaries, so that that, oh, okay. that just kind of like shows you how easily these kind of groups and these kind of, you know, religious kind of underlying communities that are spiritually aligned communities that kind of get taken advantage of by egotistical nonsense. Gatekeepers. Gatekeepers, you know, it's it's so weird. So I always try to like, have one foot planted on the ground too yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's important to be you know you you can be as hopeful optimistic faithful as you want to be but at the end of the day you've got to take a look at what's around you what's what's really going on around you and i know that we just stepped into gemini air season where everything's off the table and out the window and you know leave chaos to the wind and as an earth i'm just like i can't do that can't do that see i'm a gemini moon so i'm Mm. a little all over the place anyways i think it and you know virgo being a mutable sign can easily be kind of like be swept away by the wind also gotcha but i think what kind of is my saving grace is having that understanding of my libra and being like okay (laughs) you know we can have these ideas we can have these like fanciful thoughts and and judgments but be discerning about it and like because be kind of like okay ground yourself gotcha 
how do we turn this idea into something tangible or like how to keep it kind of rooted in something tangible? Gotcha. See, okay. So next step, I need my chart done. <laughs> That's on my list of things to do. Like I have my birth time and everything. I just have to actually take care of it. <laughs> I can send you a couple people. Okay. Absolutely. Really like, yeah, for sure. Thank you. So I did want to ask about your career what is something that excites you about what you're doing what's so rewarding and what's not so rewarding about it so like basically you're writing what's re- something rewarding about it and what's something that you like you are a little find a little struggle with so i just like writing i think i was i never took like creative writing in high school but i always had a passion like you know keeping a diary or just always keeping my hands busy and write 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 in high in high school or college writing assignments perfect it's right up my alley so mm-hmm. I think writing just in general gives me a sense of peace. And since it's my blog, I can say what I want. And I like the freedom in, in doing that. And same thing, being in California and having the freedom to do that without having it being censored or anything. I would say maybe the struggle or like the downside is not to say finding readers, but I am curious because I'm not super social media savvy. Mm. So the memes, you know, I'll maybe get a, a few dozen likes on that. But if I post a blog post, it might only get one or two. So, you know, it's like, how do I get that that audience? But we'll see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that too. Like I, one thing I've always struggled with, like I've always been a writer, like my entire life, like ever since I was yay high, I've, I was a writer. Like my only two subjects I loved anything about was like theater and English. You know, I never got anything else. Everything else was just like, yeah, fuck it. Right. But <laughs> I also felt writing was a very pleasurable experience and it could also be a very cathartic experience. So like I did poetry a lot, but I never really thought that like poetry was any sort of like route to anything with me. But so I did two books, right? I've written two books. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't write those until I was like 30, you know, <laughs> parts of the first one are original, like long I wrote those a long time ago but there's a lot of like new stuff too what I've always so I actually didn't write for a long time I felt like my artistic outlet was drag for a long time Mm -hmm. and so when I came back to it and I picked it back up again I realized this is what I want to do you know this is what I've always wanted to do I had to kind of like get over that thought thought process of like well writing is number one not lucrative writing is you know you know painful which was another big part of it for me. And so I had to like, kind of like find out how to do that without the emotions attached to it. And journalism was kind of that for me. Okay. And that's kind of like where number one, like doing this podcast and talking to other people about what their experiences are and, you know, taking that information and like giving it back to people in an interesting way that I think people might gravitate towards. And I think that, when we kind of release those things about ourselves and like we release those thoughts, these, these limiting beliefs, if you will, that we can really do amazing things. I really like that. I, that actually, that, that feels really good. <laughs> I mean, we all have limiting beliefs. It could be anything. It's all like, you know, you know, I mean, starting, starting the blog for me, I was just like, who's going to read this? Who is going to read this? No one's going to read this. But then the other part of my brain is like, well, just try and just see what happens. And obviously, you know, like I said, still, still, we're still doing it. <laughs> Someone's reading it. Someone somewhere is reading it. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. There you go. Yep. You know, and limiting beliefs, like even in relationships and stuff too, when you, if you're bringing it back to like, you know, sex and relationships, you know, 
all men are are stupid. All men are, are, you know, fill in the blank. You know, all humans are stupid. You know, that's a limiting belief because you're basically saying everybody's dumb. Everyone's not worthy of my time. It's you have to have to get over that. And for me, whenever I'm going through like the dating apps now, which I'm I'm really not super. I'm on Hinge, but that's the only one that I'm doing right now. Okay. I'm. I usually had like a type that I would gravitate towards and like these kind of like bad boys or whatever, but I'm trying not to do that anymore. (laughs) Breaking the cycle, like, like, you know, being more interested in people who are, you know, maybe a little bit more plain Jane, but plain Jane is probably a good thing for me. I'm not like dating drug dealers anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and see, I don't want to use the term growing up or maturing, but I know that so many people, will say that like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's who I used to be. That's what I used to attract. But it's like, now I'm growing or now I'm maturing and I'm choosing not to date the riffraff anymore. And, you know, it's just breaking a habit, breaking a pattern. And sometimes it's phenomenal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've actually had really good experiences of the dates that I've been on as of late. Nice. Very nice. Congrats. Before we take a break though, I did want to ask you personally, what is your relationship status? Do you have a boyfriend, girlfriend? I am married. Friend. Husband. You're married. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I just got married in November. Thank you. Wow. How long have you guys been together? We got together 2018. So this is the fifth year that we've been together. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. Thank How you. do you guys... Okay, you know, five years is usually when things kind of start getting... Re- I mean, I wouldn't say real. I would say maybe like challenging for some okay what you know communication wise i would say for me like my relationship ended at five years my last one but i think that's just because like we kind of like had kind of separating paths that we were going on that i think needed to be remedied but for you guys what's something that kind of like keeps you guys together oh i think it's just i don't want to use the term like symbiosis but it's like it's a very just mutually beneficial relationship like what i bring and what he brings just works people are surprised when i say that we don't fight and i'm like no seriously like we we might have a disagreement but the disagreement would be like well that movie sucked no that movie was wonderful <laughs> that's like the most heated that we get and i think kind of like you said how, how there was a separation mm-hmm. when we met it seemed like we were both going on a very very similar path and mm-hmm. I kid you not, our first date, I literally said, so do you just want to chit chat or do you want to cut the shit and get real? And he was like, let's just cut the shit. And then, as soon as he said that, I'm like, 10 points for you, sir. 10 points to Gryffindor. Well, I was going to say, is he a Gryffindor? I think he might He might be a Slytherin. I'm, I think I'm a Ravenclaw, but who knows? You're a writer. You have to be a Ravenclaw. I'm definitely, hey. I'm definitely a Ravenclaw. Perfect. No, I think that's part of it was like, you know, when you have a long term relationship, you have to have kind of like a same, not not the same, but, you know, parallel pl- paths or like, you know, at least a shared goal. Exactly. Um, like the desired outcomes along a similar route. Yeah. And, you know, I think for my relationship somewhere along the line that just kind of changed, you know, we just yeah. kind of had different different things that we were interested in and but we were still like living together which was kind of a challenge mm-hmm. but you know i don't know relationships are just hard they're a lot of work and you got to really focus on them yeah and i, th- I think you, you had mentioned communication we are just very open and very honest you know like oh is something bothering you i don't 
do the the stereotypical girl thing and no i'm fine and like go and wallow in a corner i will tell you no here's what's wrong and and or if he's having a problem hey like do you want to talk about it or do you want to steam off and then you know talk about it later and just open communication (laughs) i love that i love that very important very important we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back i know you got a a story to share And we're back. I'm here with Lindsay Rosales of Sack in the Sheets. I did want to ask you, I've just recently got my first, so I got a reach out from this, this company called Butter Health, but a Butter Well, I keep saying Butter Health. It's it's Butter Wellness. It's a men's like sexual health company. So I got like this new, it's not an ad. This is not an ad or anything. I already did the ad, mm-hmm. but it's a personal massager. Have you gotten any like like swag from anywhere yet with doing what you're doing like with writing and your blog not as in someone wanting to give me things but like i've entered a lot of instagram contests and actually won so i there's love crave out of san francisco they are asian american female owned sex toy company so i got their little vibrator for free dr Lori mintz author of becoming clitorate she was having I know her, yeah. Oh, you do? I, I know of her. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know of her. Okay. I thought I thought like you knew her. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but she was doing a promotion for Becoming Clitorate and giving away like a, a Lalo vibrator. I won. And so nice. I, get, I get things like that. Oh, and then there's Get the Butters. I think that's a different company, but they are gay, LGBT, black owned company. And they do actually... I don't have my lube in here anymore, but they do really awesome, like high viscosity. Like it's, I think it's called palm grease. It's amazing. Palm grease. <laughs> and that's for like the, like, I, I think on the label, it says like for fisting and like all kinds of things, wow. but not that, not that that's what I'm into, but just the lube is amazing. Okay. Well, I don't want to like put him on blast, but I was going to ask what's the worst one. So I'll say what's the, what's the best one and what's maybe one that just didn't meet your expectations. Gotcha. Okay. And it's going to be anything. It could be not just one that people like send you. Oh, no, no. So let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So I have, I have this toy and I think it's called the Satisfier Pro Penguin. And I got, I got that one from Amazon forever ago, but I did write a blog about it. And at the time that was hands down like one of my favorite toys but the thing that sucks about it is it doesn't have like a an adjustment for speed in two directions it's only one direction so if you have to change it you have to hold it to go all the way up and then hold it again to go all the way down <laughs> instead of just being able to higher higher low and be done with it but no so that one is kind of on my on my low end now yeah <laughs> getting like the, the nicer toys like the Lalos, i'm just like oh my god can i go back to anything else <laughs> i've never like i've i've seen ads for Lalo, but i've never like tried anything of theirs i've never heard of anything of theirs i saw maybe like one sex story on trixie and katia but like that was it oh yeah they they are pretty impressive i have i think i have, I have five of their toys yeah they're they're spectacular <laughs> thumbs up two thumbs way up yeah absolutely okay I'm ready for a story. A story. Okay. What have you got for us? Well, I'll talk about this this person forever ago. I had just gotten out of a very, very short-term relationship, quote unquote. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I just want to have fun. I just want to have fun. I just want to have fun. And I happened to find a quote unquote friend with benefits. 
wasn't really a friend though, because there was a stealthing that occurred. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And shortly after, we we had only been fooling around for like two months, two months. And shortly after that, I was I always get tested after every partner, and they were like, "Oh, you have an abnormal pap smear. You need to come back in." So they tested me, and they're like, "You have HPV," and I'm just like, "Excuse me." So, cause I mean, I had never had it before and obviously yeah. getting it right after I was just like, great. So of course I had to reach out and let him know, I'm like, you need to stop doing what it is that you're doing because you're infecting people and never go no. to them again, but wait. Uh, so, okay. So, so for those that don't know, explain what stealthing is. So stealthing is when you are having intercourse with a condom and somewhere in the midst of that, the condom wearer decides to remove the condom and proceed which is tantamount in my mind to rape it's sexual assault it's sexual assault yeah it's it's tantamount to sexual assault it's it's a really gross practice you know i i've only i've heard i I just recently saw a news story recently i i want to say in the uk i could be wrong about this i think i did it one of the earlier news episodes of of the third season but i i want to say the first conviction of a stealthing like occurred just recently oh okay netherlands it was the netherlands yeah good for of course it's the netherlands why aren't they like the happiest most successful country in the world in some ways one of them (laughs) in in other ways it i've heard people also say it's a little stifling place oh really okay but also people are very happy there overall so it's it's I think we can learn a lot from like places like that, you know, in my mind, in my mind, maybe, maybe one day, maybe, maybe in our lifetime, we'll see something yeah. like that. We'll see. One, one thing about the Netherlands is I did recent, not recently. I've, I've known this for a few years, but like, I guess they have, you know, where their public transportation places are like, like the subway stations and stuff. They also have mental health locations. So oh, they don't like inside, like inside where they can actually, where the people who are there to, you know, you know, stay the night, they can just go and stay the night and not bother people who are just trying to get to work. That is amazing. Whereas here we start putting dividers on bus, bus benches to, to stop people from sleeping on them and removing buses from the subways to stop people from sleeping on them. Yeah. It's wild here. Inconveniencing the disabled and, you know, pregnant people, but okay. So what happened back to the stealthing? Yes. (laughs) So what after you talked to him, like, what did he say? It was a very non-reactive, not like I, you could say like psychopathic, zero remorse, zero emotion kind of response. Just like a very, oh, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> and that, that, that was the extent of it. And like I said, never spoke to them again. So Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> what did, you know, obviously when you, have HPV and I I've had this I've actually had to have a couple surgeries well I just had surgery on Friday oh where I had to because it's been a few years since I was diagnosed with HPV and they had to go in and actually you know burn off the the things prior to yeah but it had been a few years and so I wanted to go back in and like you know make sure that everything's still on top and so that we did a biopsy and all that stuff just this past Friday everything went well as far yeah. as I know but I'll get the results in two weeks but what's something that you've had to do, you know, afterwards to stay on top of that also? Biopsies were a must. So the, and this is what was so interesting. I had to go to Planned Parenthood because I didn't have insurance. And the exam that they did is called a colposcopy. 
So they take a, a microscope and little camera into the vagina to look at the cervix. And on a visual, they were like, oh, yeah, you don't have the, the chemical reaction that they do as they test it. You're OK. Oh, nice. Great. The following year, I got medical benefits. And when I told my gynecologist that I was positive, the next day that I went for my pap, they had all these biopsy tools just laid out, didn't tell me that was going to happen. And I'm like, what is all of this? And they're like, oh, surprise. well, surprise, surprise, yeah, ripping we're, apart we're gonna, your insides. <laughs> we're going to take four samples from your cervix. And I had to do that every six months for about three years, but it did clear on its own. And they told me like, well, we can freeze the the cells on your cervix. And I said, well, what comes with that? Like, oh, well, that'll, that'll increase your risk of miscarriage by about 10%. And this was at a time when I was contemplating having kids. And so I said, well, let's just wait and see. And luckily my body just did what it had to do. And since then I'm not having kids, but I probably just should have had it freezed <laughs> off in, in the, the first place, but we're, we're, we're beyond that now. We're beyond the, the realm. <laughs> we're way beyond it now. It doesn't even matter. I will say, you know, when you are diagnosed with it, it can be, you know, shocking. It can be kind of, you know, do a number on your self-esteem, for instance, you know, but as long as you stay on top of it, you know, 90% of, of men, 80% of women have HPV. Everyone yeah, has it. People in a room. Come on. <laughs> Everyone has it. And it does usually clean up, or clear up by itself. You know, you're not really in that much of a risk until later on. So when you are diagnosed with it, you just have to make sure that you're on top of it. Catch it early, treat it early. Just like any STI, catch it early, treat it early. Exactly. So I pulled the Ace of Strands. I'm going to, I have my little booklet if you want to know what that's all oh, about. I do. Ace of Strands, is that wands? So I'm not quite sure what the symbols are because there's, there's dice, spokes, strands, and cones. So what tarot is this? <laughs> it's the Stranger Things tarot. Oh, sponsor. But it, so it's asking: Have you been experiencing dissatisfaction, a longing for more? Does your job seem yes. too boring? Your town too small, and your surroundings too familiar? Yes. If this resonates with you. It's a sign that it is time to let yourself dream. You're being drawn to something bigger. And instead of talking yourself out of it, ask yourself, why not? I feel like I ask myself that all the time anyways. <laughs> right? Every single day. Sometimes tarot is like, it's very reflective of what's going on. And other times you're like, girl, this was yesterday. <laughs> this is every day. <laughs> every day. Thank you for that. I'll take that. I was kind of like looking for like a love reading, but like, it, <laughs> I, I think maybe that could be, that could be applied. I think so. Absolutely. Because why not? At looking for more, asking for more, wanting more, asking why not? Why am I not? Why is it not here yet? <laughs> patience. That's what my, my horoscope this whole time has been like, patience, patience, patience. And I'm just like, I'm an impatient child. I want it yesterday. I'm very Veruca Salt. <laughs> I want it now. Exactly. Do you know that Kim Petras song? I don't know. Oh, fuck. I'm going to, why are they even bringing it up? And now I'm forgetting what, it, what it's even called. Oh, I, I want it now. Music. It's called I Want It Now. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know her music like that, but I'm definitely interested in listening to it. So I'll look that up. It's a good song. It's a good song. Okay. Before I let you go. Okay. I'm going to ask you a few questions that I ask this every single one of my guests. We're going to play a game of red flags. Okay. So I asked for you, I've asked ChatGPT to come up with five 
red flag situations. <laughs> we'll see what it came up with. Okay. And all you have to do is tell me if it's a red flag for you or not. Okay. Okay. And you can elaborate if you would like also. Sure. Number one, they insist on wearing socks and sandals at the same times or at all times, even during intimate moments. Oh, I mean, I would say for me, that's probably a red flag, <laughs> but I know that sandals sock wearers are a whole group of people on their own. So, I mean, red flag for me may not be a red flag for someone else. <laughs> Some people are also really sensitive about their feet. Yeah. And they're, they, they really don't like their feet being seen by anyone. Yeah. It's like I a, have a few friends that are like this. It's like a phobia. Yeah. It's like a self-consciousness. It's like a phobia. It's, it's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a red flag, but I'd be like, mm, why? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like what's, what's so horrific about your feet? Like, is it a witch's situation? You just don't have toes. Like what is happening here? Talons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is it? Raja calls, Raja calls her feet witch Cliff hands. hangers. Yeah. There you go. The witch hands. <laughs> And also, I mean, I know that for some people, they say socks during intimate intimacy can lead to better orgasms. So, I mean, what? there's been a study and I, I don't know if it's for men or if it's for everybody. But yeah, there's apparently a study that you have better orgasms with socks on. That could be what? something that I blog about next. Who knows? What's the reason? I don't know if it has to do with circulation, with heat retention, because, you know, with like the blood flow and everything, right. maybe compression. I don't, I'm not really sure. I just, it was one of those things that I saw in passing, like, oh, that's weird. Next. <laughs> I, I will say I'm not, I'm not a person that has very cold feet, you know, but I can't okay. sleep with, with socks on. That does kind of make sense to me though. Okay. Yeah. I, if, temperature if I wise, on, I'll kick them off. It's just, it's not happening. Temperature wise. It, it kind of makes sense. I get it. Okay. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> now we know. Number two, they have a collection of taxidermy animals in their bedroom and regularly talk to them as if they're still alive. I would say red flag. That's giving me Norman Bates. Psycho <laughs> vibe. Then, didn't he have like bird, taxidermy birds in his, in his place? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So Red flag for me, for sure. Horror, horror movie nut. So, I feel like I might be a person that would, at some point, have taxidermy animals in their place. I like taxidermy. I mean, not to say that that's a bad thing, but I mean to to maybe talk to them. Like, there's, I mean, people have attachment issues, so it could be a coping mechanism. I just, for me, it's giving Norman Bates. <laughs> I talk to myself. So like if, if there's, I feel like me talking to a stuffed raccoon, that's fine. Cause that's <laughs> at least not in my brain. You know, that's a but thing. Does the raccoon talk back is the question. Like, of course not. <laughs> it's dead. <laughs> but I think if I were seeing someone and they had taxidermy, I'd probably be like, okay, we, we might, it might be a thing. <laughs> I mean, I do have a friend. She she has a taxidermy chicken, I believe. I don't know if she talks to it, but... Number three, they constantly interrupt conversations to recite random facts about mold or fungi. Probably not red flag. Maybe like a yellow flag. Like it's, it would probably be like a high annoyance that I could see becoming very irritating very fast. So <laughs> even if it's not like abort mission, like no go, it, it would probably wear over time. See, I really respect science and I respect those that respect science. <laughs> so I feel like this would be fine for me also. Like I interrupt conversations about like serial killers. So like, I think this is fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, behavior. Like, watching like the last of us, they would be like, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's, wrong. <laughs> like, that's, that's the kind of vibe that I that would never happen. <laughs> yeah. Just like, okay, I, we get it. You love, you love fungi. We know. 
I did also watch a documentary just recently about it wasn't it wasn't the one about fungi. It was actually a YouTube video about how one day the fungi could eventually take over and become like the last of us. It could. I mean, anything's possible. Anything's like, possible. Centies, you know, anything is possible. Number four, their idea of a re- romantic date involves watching a 24 hour marathon of the girl next door. Girl next door. Is that the movie? the girl next door oh no i'm sorry it was supposed to be the new girl the new girl the tv show zoe Deschanel. yeah okay having never seen that show i cannot comment i wouldn't i wouldn't call it a red flag but <laughs> if that's some if someone hates that show it's probably a red flag for them <laughs> right i i think i was thinking of the girls next door which was because i did edit her. i did edit this one but the girls next door was that show about the playboy mansion mm-hmm. like hugh hefner and like the blondes yeah holly madison i think it was one of her names and kendra and kendra yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which would be fine <laughs> either way <laughs> you know I, I actually i never watched that show either but i did love kendra as as a personality so i would say if that if that was the question no not a red flag <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all good i did however just recently watch secrets of playboy the documentary series holy shit yeah uh, did you know that gloria steinem was a undercover like investigator in the yes about the mansion and yes filled all the tea and i was just like oh my god it, it was so good i mean i think i still have like one episode left but like okay. i the whole series was so good okay check it out if you guys haven't uh, all right call on the list yeah thank you last one they have an unhealthy obsession with dressing up as a vegetable and insist on referring to those to themselves as captain carrot or lady lettuce oh role playing <laughs> role play i i mean i don't ever want to knock someone's kink and if that's <laughs> their kink and again not not necessarily a red flag for me probably a yellow flag probably a, i don't know how i would handle this situation <laughs> but like i said that if that's their kink and they're not harming anybody it's not a red flag. I don't think so either. It's it's good. It's not my thing. But if that's your thing, I'm sure there's someone out there for you. <laughs> yeah, you will find. What would you say, Captain Carrot or Captain Carrot and Lady Lettuce? <laughs> uh, I mean, they're out there somewhere. Do you remember? I want to say it was Broad City that they had Fred Armisen on, and he was doing the the, the baby diaper. <laughs> I've never watched Broad City. It's again. There's so oh, many things man. I can It's on my list. I swear to you, it's on my list. <laughs> Oh, you should watch it. That's a good show too. But he's he wears a baby diaper. Yeah, like they go over like they they answer a Craigslist ad or something as a setup, and and you know they're trying to like clean up his apartment or whatever. But he wants to be wearing a diaper while he does it. When they ask, when they finish doing the job and asking for the money, he goes, "But I'm just a baby." Yeah. So I I, I don't have money. Sick. I used to do this thing on Facebook called Craigslist Time, and I would just go on and search for like the creepiest most horrifying ads there was always a guy here in sacramento and again not to knock his kink but he would always post pictures of himself in a diaper and it was always it was from like chest down so you never saw his face but every week this guy was posting and i'm like hey diaper guy you know he's back (laughs) he's he's needing to be changed he's needing to be fed wait wait so this is an actual craigslist that you would I would just I would just search Craigslist just for the hell of it and find some of the most bizarre like singles posts and this guy was one of them and it was just like full like 
10 plus pictures of him in, in like an adult sized diaper. People never cease to amaze me with, with their interests. Oh, and don't worry, there there were a couple of shots with the diaper open and... Oh no! Yeah, and I was just like, okay, yeah, he posted, he posted that, all right. All right, we're gonna end things here, <laughs> Lindsay. Where can our listeners find you at? I am at www.sackintheSheets.com, Instagram at sackintheSheets, and Twitter at sackintheSheets. There we go. And thank you again for being here. Obviously, I will put all of those links in the description down below. Check thank out you. Lindsay. Check out Sack in the Sheets. Thank you again for being here. Thank you. It's, I'm so excited. Again, I've been seeing you on Instagram for a minute, and so this has just been awesome sauce. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> a very special thank you to my guests for joining me in this week's episode. Check out the episode description for all of their information. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a comment and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It'll really help out the show. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel for video versions of this show and other content. You will find my blogs, The Deviant Diaries, and A Deviant's Guide to Sex, show notes, articles used, and Hookup Horror Stories official merch on my website at DimitriWild.com. You can also purchase both of my poetry books, Better Blue Pill, and Always Nothing in the Time of Champions from Amazon.com. Just search for Dimitri Wild. Oh, one last thing. Thank you for listening. Stay deviant. Remember, subscribing might not be worth it, but it's also not optional. So just do it. <laughs>